Hola, hola, it's your girl Erica from America. Welcome to the Confidence Chronicles podcast. This podcast is all about helping you stand in who you are. Stop giving a fuck what people think about you. Start standing as your fully expressed self. As you are, as is, there is no filter needed. You are fucking awesome, and I am here to remind you. I'm a confidence coach, and I'm a bold stand for confidence, and I cannot wait to dig into today's episode with you. Hello, my love. I am so happy that you are here on this episode. It is one of the biggest episodes that I think I will do ever. And we have a very special guest today. Hola, hola. It's your boy, Hamish. (laughs) Hamish from Melbourne. (laughs) My amazing husband is with us today because he is going to explain the conceptual side of things. And he's got a lot to say about this. We we're talking about this recently. We've been doing a lot of work with couples in our cu- uh, Power Couples Mastermind group. And it's it's so incredible and it's so in-depth. And I really wanted Hamish here because he has kind of created a, a framework that we're working with. And we may even do a course around or we may do an event around it once we can get out of COVID. And it's big. It's big. And I think it's going to affect so many of us. And I know for myself, I had a real big issue with validation you know, before moving to Australia, I was a, a bikini model. I was in music videos and I looked the best I think I've ever looked. And still, it was where I lacked the most confidence in myself, where I seek the most validation, still didn't feel good enough. And externally, I had everything going on for me that I thought I ever wanted, but yet still there was a void that was not to be filled. And so this is something that I myself have struggled with a lot. So when we come to you with this episode, it's with deep love and deep care because we know that this information can help you, especially if you know yourself, you're out there seeking validation from people, seeking to be liked, seeking to be told that you are good enough. This is a topic that most women really, really struggle with. We are not good enough. We don't feel good enough. We're seeking our parents. We're seeking society. We're seeking men, women, whoever to like our photo on Instagram, taking 50 gazillion selfies until we get the perfect one, supposedly, so that we see how many people approve of our image and on diets and all this shit that we deal with. So um, I want to introduce you to my gorgeous and amazing husband, Mr. Kramer. Hello. And just on top of that, I, I think um, all those things that you just said, babe, is, is exactly what men feel as well. Mm. Which is, you know, like seeking validation, trying to prove things to their parents, trying to get attention or maybe maybe they do it in different ways and maybe they portray it in different ways. But I think at the core of it, even men are seeking validation. Maybe it's validation through sex. Maybe it's validation through having enough money, having a nice car. Mm. Body. Um, Body image. Body dysmorphia for men is now one of the biggest rising issues for young men. Um you know, so I think a lot of these things we tend to think of are as solely women problems. But um, from what I'm seeing, definitely with my coaching work and also by working on myself, I was a big people pleaser. Yeah. Um, that these issues are shared 
by both men and women, and that's mm. that it's not exclusive to one particular gender at all. Yeah, and it's interesting because this podcast, right, I, I talk to women or anybody identifying as a woman, but when we have Hamish on, especially today's episode, this is an episode that we might both, we can publish on both of our podcasts because quite literally this is something that, as you said, men and women, <laughs> you know, men and women deal with this and struggle with this. And we wanted to talk about it because we see it in our work as a couple. We see it in our work individually. You know, you're coaching men and, de- and working with men and mm. we're, you're are always at the sisterhood events seeing what women go through yeah. you've been actually really privy to a lot of information with women even before i met you because of your training and working with women and studying yeah. what we kind of go through and deal with and hamish has studied a lot about i mean he knew more about my bleed than i did when i first met him <laughs> as my personal trainer i'm like oh shit okay you know your business so yeah we just thought it would be a perfect time a perfect topic to go deep into and i think that there's so much more you know i think that there's Mm. multiple episodes just us writing the notes for today's episode we got shit we need to talk about masculine feminine we need to talk about what that means because i think so many women think they're being masculine air quotes but we don't actually know what that means yeah that's right and i and i think um i think we're coming to an age now where it's requiring more discussion and, yeah. and, a, and, a, and a different maybe definition of what it is to be masculine or feminine or what are the root causes um, of the wounds that are associated inside of this. And mm. I think you're right. I I have been lucky because I've, I've been um, honored to be part of the sisterhood for, for many years as a, as a background support. Background? No yeah, I was, in the, I was in the background in the beginning. I was, you know, helping and assisting you. And it's only been more recently that I've come to the forefront. That's true. That's true. Yeah. You know, but listening to the women's stories, understanding what they're going through, discussing with you what they're going through. Yeah. And then now flipping it to the other side and working with men and working with couples, we're kind of really seeing. We've got a holistic view now. Kind yeah, of. we've got a really, a, a real holistic view. Um, and trying to understand. And then also, not only that, trying to walk people through the other side of that by. Mm become being aware of these aspects or patterns of themselves and then and then helping them live a better life you know live a you know move past the things that are stopping them from living their fullest life you know yeah. i think that's i mean that's the core of what we do um as, as coaches i think so yeah. yeah this has come up so many times as well for us in our own lives and in our in our clients and we just thought this is going to be massive and i recently did a post on instagram about it because i really wanted to talk I didn't want to be an asshole and tell those of you out there to stop seeking validation because that's not the right thing. I, I shared personally myself where I was seeking validation many times. And I think the people that messaged me, pri- I had so many private messages because I obviously talk to women, but these women were seeing themselves in my post. Mm-hmm. You know, they were like, shit, that's me. I am always looking to have the best body or the most money or be the most successful or get the most likes on my photo or get more followers or more, more, more that that's seeking. And I talk about it a lot. And I think I've talked about it on the podcast, how, you know, your cup is half empty and you're looking to be filled externally and there's holes in your fucking cup and no one's going to fill you. No one else can fill you. This is something we have to do ourselves. But it's important to understand why we do this. And Hamish and I have studied with a number of mentors. Mm. We've read so many books. I think we're at $112,000 together, how much we've spent on personal (laughs) development, mentors, not that I'm counting, right? Um, You know, I am. We're looking at how much we've invested in ourselves because we know the ROI, what it's been able to do, not only creating, you know, a six-figure business, but also our lives and what Mm. we get to do and how we get to teach our children this. So when we talk to you about these concepts, it's coming from a number of different mentors, books, training, discussions with some amazing mentors that we've been able to have throughout the eight years. 
years, 10 yeah. years that we've been working on ourselves. Plus experience. Yeah. Plus a, a vast amount of actual live cases. Vast. vast. <laughs> you know, I mean, like a lot of people can say, yeah, you've had the mentors, you've had the training, you've done the certification. But then there's the experiential part of it yeah. where we're bringing this work to real people and getting their feedback. Does that resonate for you? Does that work for you? What if we change this? Does that mm. impact your life? So I think what I love about us is that, yes, we, you know, I read 24 books last year <laughs> um, and we keep wanting to learn and we love the learning part of it, but we're also privileged to have people that Real trust studies. us yeah. who, who allow us to work with them to get the best results out of them. And we've seen changes yeah, it's inside of them or, or that aha moment come for them when we've talked about these ideas and concepts. Yeah. So I think what would be good is if you talk to us about, because Hamish explains this really well. We do this as well um, in the sisterhood a lot. I think we talk about this in our ego module, in our ego day. Yeah, mm. ego and alter shigo. We mm. talk about this. Um, so for the shout out to the sisterhood ladies, if, yep. if they're mm. listening, shout out to my sisters. And we're going to go in depth here and probably take it to a next layer. But it'd be interesting to for the listeners to hear, you know, where does this seeking validation stem from or come from or start from in just a general overall aspect? Well, I, I, I think if I can take a step back, I think the reason why I've been working on this concept for some time now is because of men. Mm. Because as I was saying to you, men really want to understand why or they want to know the the details. Practical. They want practical. Yeah. So you can't really approach coaching for men. This is just in my experience with too much how do you feel and does it feel like this for you and yeah. it's talk to me like it's it's a different language and i did notice listening and understanding the sisterhoods and the way you coach yeah and then understanding what worked for men and what didn't work for men and i realized that most men when they when you coach them are skeptical already mm. well i think women are quite open to yeah. coaching or they're quite open to um what's going on inside and they have they have more of a framework about their emotions and what's going on while men don't yeah and you need to prove to them first that you know what you're talking about or you've almost got to present the science yeah 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 before you get them believing you first because i think they might think this is a lot of hocus pocus this is hippie dippy shit yeah, emotions you know feelings. emotions yeah whatever i don't see the point so i think this journey of mine has led me because i'm like how do i connect to men quicker because that's like, not how you work that's not how I work. Even though you're a man, like you I don't, don't work I, like I don't that. work like this. Yeah. I actually get the emotional side and work really well with that. But That's I realize awesome. <laughs> but I realize that I had to convince men. And if I and if I if I if I haven't got an ex- explanation of what's going on hmm. that they can understand, a concept in which they can understand, then I lose them. And then it sounds like I'm just talking about, hey, man, you just need to talk about your feelings. As one as one of our recent clients in the power couples thing, spiritual garbage. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> and obviously at the end, you didn't feel like that. But it was funny to hear why most men don't want to do couples coaching or any coaching. It's like, I don't want to be psychoanalyzed. I don't feel my feelings. This is spiritual garbage. And it's like, wow. And obviously at the end, they had a remarkable transformation, him Mm. especially. Mm. But it's just, yeah, you're right. It's funny that they just really push away from. But I think you said they don't have a framework, which is huge. That's a whole other podcast, I think. It is, yeah. How men, like the emotions, because I think my listeners would really love that. So maybe we'll get you back to talk about that for Mm -hmm. sure. So, yeah, so this started with you kind of deep diving with men and figuring out how to yeah, well, work wa- with them. Yeah, I wanted to understand them and, and explain this in a way which they obviously could get. Mm. And 
And then I wanted this concept or formula to, I wanted to test it. So I wanted to see, okay, where does this go? And I think when I was sharing with you, I was, I was looking at the other end of it. Like, yeah. where do we end up? Um, um, what are the impacts? What are the characteristics or what are the, um, archetypes we find? Mm. You know, what are the, you know, we've got that stoic man. We've got the, the victim. We have that aggressive person. We have the person who wants to rescue them. You know, and I've noticed those people in myself, and I'm like, okay, well, how does someone get there? How does someone become that? And so, we 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 stumbled on this concept. This is something we started to place together from, like you said, a bunch of other mentors. But it's really kind of looking at what really happens when a child is first born, like when they first come into the household. What are the influences that mm. um, shape that human being? What are the things that affects them later on in life and you know everyone goes oh you got to look back at your childhood and you got to do it in a child work and all this kind of stuff but i wanted to kind of take away the the psychology part of it and yeah. really get to understand okay what's really happening or what could be really happening and this isn't a fully fledged concept as yet it's still a working progress yeah we literally we're kind of understand <laughs> we're, we're kind of understanding we're trying to connect the dots so to speak so the, the way i've put it together is that a, ch- a child is born right they they come into this world and you could imagine that that child is a fully complete energy, you mm. know, coming in, born into a, a household. And what any child needs is um, is, is this beautiful um, flow between two very positive energies, which is the masculine and the feminine, yeah? And we could almost look at that as um, two polar opposites. It's almost like a child has entered into this world of duality, yeah. yeah, and now what would have been one complete energy has now been split into a positive and a negative, or a masculine and a feminine. And if we look in our world, there is there is examples of this everywhere. Mm. Yeah, and gender is obviously one of those polarities where there's a man and a, and a woman. But we're not necessarily talking about men and women. Yeah, we're talking about polarizing energies of masculine and feminine, which contemplate. Uh, contem- um, complement each other Mm. this is the yin and yang yeah so the yin and yang is together it's one thing but then as you put it through this filter it can be split into two different things or a positive and a negative masculine and feminine so you've got a child so this is a concept a child comes through this earth and what do they need they need love right they need love but love from the masculine and love for the feminine are two very different things so when a child comes through they need masculine love or masculine energy and that would be considered acknowledgement we would call that um, see me, you know, yeah. this, is, this is who I am. And that's what the masculine's job is, to ac- acknowledge, to validate, to hold this person, yeah? And then we have the energy of the feminine, which is really the nurturer, the really that looking after, that loving person that gives that child everything that they need. You have yeah. such a good life example of this. I'm just thinking right now as mm. you're saying it, like your life is that. Yeah, my life. Your is upbringing that. was that. Yeah, that I had such two polar wow, opposites. Wow, that's so true. Yeah, two polar opposites, and it just happened to be that my mum was the nurturer. Yeah, I know. And my dad <laughs> was the uh, the acknowledger. Yeah, and 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 that's why we want to say that this doesn't necessarily relate to mum and dad. Mum and dad. Yeah, because some of those roles could be reversed. For yeah. me, it was very much my mum is the nurturer. She is the lover. She is the epitome of the feminine. She gives me that. Yeah, yeah. and then my dad is exactly the acknowledger. He is all about. You know, getting his attention and getting his acknowledgement of me, his approval, his approval was was very much a very typical life for me. Mm. But other people's uh, experience could be the other way around. Maybe it was your mum that you needed the that was the 
masculine in terms of had the validation, the acknowledgement. And maybe the, the, your dad was the nurturer. Maybe mm. he looked after you. So it's not necessarily that way. But anyway, this, this child will come down and is expected to get 100% nurture from the feminine and 100% acknowledgement from the masculine. Now, we know that that is just not possible mm. for human beings. Yeah, For human beings to give themselves 100%, it's not going to happen. Yeah. So this child comes through and what instead of getting that 100% nurture from the feminine. And that means like 100% for everybody listening is like they 100 million percent give you everything you need as a child in your upbringing. Yes. They don't fail you at all. <laughs> this is a perfect human who doesn't fail you yeah. and doesn't let you down. And every time you need that love and nurture from your feminine mother or father, they give it to you. Yeah. Obviously, we know that that's a rigged system. But he's we're just explaining that like when you don't get that 100% there's already something gone there. Yeah. Yeah. So as Erica said, you don't get exactly what you, well, we're expecting 100% and we're getting it as much as we need and we don't. And mm. so what happens is then we'll, what we call is a wound is created because this child needs 100% nurture, but maybe only got 60% or 70% yeah. or 40%. And that could be also considered when we speak about trauma, like a trauma, a wound. So if in case when you've listened to the podcast and I say trauma, that's the same kind of thing. There's a pain in you as a child, which feels like as a grown-up, it's not a big deal. But for a child, that wound, that yeah. trauma is what carries them around for such a long time. Yeah. And this could also be perceptual as well. Yeah, Your mom might have given you love and 100% or, or a lot of it, but you also perceived it for whatever reason as not as much as what you what you, what you you needed or mm. what you require. For, so for some reason, due to some experience or because of your environment, your interpretation was that you did not get 100%. It's, yeah. it's less. Yeah. And then the same applies to the masculine. So the masculine is that acknowledgement that I see you. This is my child. I'm, I'm holding you up. Like the Lion King. Like the Lion King. Simba, like... This is our newborn. You acknowledge him. You yes. Know, the king. Oh my God. That's such a good analogy yeah, for that. The king. And when we were doing this, I was asking Hamish all the questions because y'all know, I know y'all already got questions. I was like, what about me? My shit was fucked up. Like I didn't have, my mom wasn't there. My dad wasn't there. Am I like super screwed up? <laughs> and obviously, thank goodness for some whatever reason, you know, I didn't end up that way. But that was exactly, exactly what led to the life that I had What because I didn't have the nurture and love or I had it, but then it got taken away. And then in foster homes, I would have, you know, a, a foster mom or a foster dad and I knew they weren't my family. Mm -hmm. So there was this, it was almost like having chemicals in my body and my normal hormones going, ooh, I don't like those chemicals. Like that foster family felt chemical. Mm -hmm. So I never got that like, dad or mom vibe from them i just got i'm in a home mm. so really i just had my mom and no dad so then there was it's so weird but it's interesting as well because it's a good point to raise because there might have been a collective masculine yeah because your dad your mom had boyfriends um that would have would have, i'm not saying that they gave you what you needed mm -hmm. but they would have shown up in certain ways maybe quite uh Inefficiently, oh, uh, toxic, but also, also, but my, they, they would have been there. But, but you also had also dad. the foster homes. I did. I, mean. I was obsessed with like these. I lived with a lot of white people, y'all. I'm not racist, but there was a lot of white people, and I was obsessed with the white people's Christmases and the white mm. people's mm. the way that the white people and the white families treated their foster kids and like camp and cutting wood and doing all the things that those families did. And I was the father figure was very like television father figure so yeah yeah, yeah yeah so you were influenced in some way even yeah. if it was through a television yeah there was an idea or an ideal of what that's a you great should point as well yeah? yeah if you've watched these shows and yeah. movies this is and it could be an uncle it could be a grandpa it could be a neighbor it doesn't matter
know, a big like, brother as well. It could well. be a big brother yeah. that, that played that role. We watched that movie Onward, remember? Yeah, yeah. And it was the big brother which played the... The father figure. The acknowledgement role, the father figure role, you yeah. know? Yeah, that's a great movie, by the way, y'all. Just Onward saying. is great for kids. Onward's yeah. on Disney+. Plus. So, so like I, think, I think this is like a... It's a collective. It's your experience yeah. of being acknowledged and ex- an experience of being nurtured the, mm. from these two energy fields that necessarily will never come from one single person anyway. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's why maybe that's what happened in tribes. Maybe this is a result of not being in a tribe mm. because we expect all of this from our individual parents, but really if we were in a tribal scenario, maybe you would get your auntie and your uncle and, and maybe You're they would so be right. more likely to get more of a holistic balancing of these energies as opposed to going more my my parents need to deliver it all but then they're working or they're caught up in their own issues so maybe this is true maybe this is a result of uh, lack of being in tribes now Mm, because they say what when a newborn baby was born in a tribe there was 16 adults that's right and the mother would only have the baby for like seven hours out of the day correct the baby would be with everyone else and it's that's really true it's 100 percent true actually because they would have all these different qualities and we're seeing now we've been stuck with our not stuck, but we've been in isolation and quarantine with our family and really seeing our children be with their grandparents and the grandfather teaching them things that in a way that we wouldn't teach, but also mm. is important for their development and their respect and That's right. all and of then, that. Matt, my brother. Yeah. What he yeah. teaches them. 100%. And what he, in that side of it. You yeah, know? Uncle Matt. I mean, he has certain qualities of feminine and masculine energies which yeah. inside of him, which then Wow, it's so interesting. Teaches, and you know? you know, when you said something earlier about... um about not getting, for whatever reason, you didn't get 100% or for whatever reason you, you needed something and you didn't get it. I, I, I want to say that in this time you can be influenced through school because I remember being in primary school, like elementary school, and seeing other kids' moms Mm. And straight away knowing at five years old or four years old that my mom was different mm. and wishing that I had a different mom, like mm. wishing that my mom was AKA or air quotes normal. Mm. Like I want to have a normal mom like them. So mm. I think that that stuff does besides us going, why does it happen that way? The pressures, the society, the, yeah. the comparison, even from three, what is it when you're, when you're three years old and you know, it's my toy, like yeah. from that moment, these are the things that we look around and we see Oh, my life doesn't match the TV show. Yeah. My life doesn't match my, my, my friend at school. And that's what our brain's doing, isn't it? We've talked about this before. A child between those ages of zero to seven is literally copying patterns. Yeah. It's, it's making patterns. It's making comparisons. It's categorizing it for its survival. Yeah. It's, it's understanding its world. It's, you know, you, we know kids at that age. They just they literally copy like a sponges. three-year-old. Yeah, yeah. They're just like sponges. They take in exactly what we're... Um, dishing out they'll copy us word for word they walk like us the mannerisms are like us Mm. because the brain is just taking in so much data and you're right these these expectations in society our movies our our videos our tv programs Mm. what our community is set up like are all having an influence so all of a sudden we we get these oh this is different to this. This is our expectations. This is what a mum should look like. Yeah, exactly. You know, this is what the TV mum looks We're like. How programmed. come my mum's unlike that? So there yeah. is a programming that happens very early. Conditioning, um, yeah. And it's, and it's for survival purposes. That child is going, I need to understand this world as quickly as I can mm. so that I can survive in this world, you know? So I think moving on from there, what happens is, as we can obviously see, that these this this child, this, this human that comes into the world is never going to get that 100% nurture from the feminine and 100% acknowledgement from the masculine. And what they end up doing now is going out into their world trying to fill that gap. Ooh, that is big. Yeah, so let's say, just say you got 60%. Let's, we're making up numbers. 60%. So you're out there, 
If you only got 60% nurture from the feminine during your childhood, you're out there looking for that 40%. Mm. You're seeking it because if it's not at home, it must be somewhere outside of you. So off you go into the world trying to fill that 40%. And it's, we were talking, it's like some of the kids that are like, daddy, daddy, look at me, daddy, look at me, look yeah. at me, look at me, look at me. I'm doing this, I'm doing this. Are you watching me? Are you watching me? And like kids do that already. But like maybe you've seen, I know I've seen kids do it excessively and you're like, wow, like they're just literally seeking attention, validation to be told they're good enough, pretty enough. Wayne Dyer talks about this, by the way, in depth. Mm. In depth, he talks about how he doesn't want to give his kids the gold star and how he actually was like, what does that mean when the daughter would come home with a gold star? Like, look, daddy, I got a gold star. He's like, so who cares? Like, not in that way, but yeah, yeah, he'd be yeah, like, yeah. that doesn't mean that you're good because your teacher gave you a gold star. And yeah. it's so, I remember listening to him before we had kids, right? And being like, shit, what a great thing to teach your children that the gold star, the A plus is not your worthiness. Mm. And I can already see in, in myself how many times I've tried to make that, that means I'm smart. That means I'm good Absolutely. or it means I'm not smart. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And then in vice versa, in the masculine, you know, if we, if we didn't get that acknowledgement from the masculine, if we were um, seen and not heard, you know, make sure, you know, if you, you know, the family's like, oh, as long as I see you, but I don't want to hear you, you know, that yeah. kind of, that kind of um, acknowledgement is taken away. Or maybe your dad wasn't there, you know, and you didn't get that acknowledgement of, of a masculine, of being acknowledged as something important. Then you're out there in, your, in the world trying to fill up, mm. trying to top up. Um, and, and what we're starting to see is that this is what ends up filtering into traits and behaviors yes. and, um, I guess, shadow work when, when we're later on in life as, as we move through these phases. Can you say, too, just to people listening who are not really familiar with shadow and what that means, just so you guys understand, if in case? Well, I think, I think for me, shadow is, without getting too much into it or too complex, is this child that has come through that doesn't get what they need. So like we just said that that child has didn't get that nurture. It's only got 60%. So it's that 40% that they're looking for, or they didn't get the acknowledgement of the masculine. And it's that extra 40% they're trying to look for. I think the fact that they don't have that is so painful that they can only create a second self or a second version or a social mask in order to keep functioning. Like ego, ego. Yeah, so I guess this would be kind of the birth of the ego in some respects. And I don't want to be tarnished the ego because I don't think it's a bad thing. But I think in order for this child to get through society, to, to grow... The pain of not getting what it needs is so great that they go, well, I have to split. Who do I have to become? Yeah. Because yeah, then they go, cool, now I have to create this person who I need to become. Yes. So yes. then this, you can, it's easy to wear that social mask. It's mask. easy to go through and, and pretend to be somebody else so that you can then disconnect from the pain that you didn't get. The pain Ooh, of not getting that energy. Does that make sense? So yes. now you can function yeah. as a person. And, and this is that thing that Tony Robbins talks about. He's like, you know, who did you have to be for your did you have to be? for your mom or for your dad? This yeah. is it. Like, yeah. And I, and I go back to that question because that was a big one for me because I'm a very driven person, very driven by success. Um, I wanted to be successful. I wanted to achieve a lot of things. And I was always trying to good at school. I was great um, in sports. I was always reach, reaching the high levels. And, you know, anyone would look at me and go, that's great. That's He's ambitious and that's a great characteristic to have. But when I looked at that and Tony Robbins asked, you know, put that question out, who did you have to be? Whose love did you crave the most? And I have to be like, I crave my dad's love the most. And then it was like, who did you have to become? And I thought, and I was like, I had to become successful. I had to achieve things because my dad was the masculine energy of acknowledgement. Mm. So the only way I would get my dad's love was through acknowledgement. Through attention. Through attention. So I had to achieve things. And he would be the type that if I bought him a, 
you know, my exam mark and it was B, he'd be like, why didn't you get an A? For him, it was just never enough. Yeah. And I noticed that in my life, my achievements were never enough. Because after a while, I wasn't looking to my dad for the acknowledgement because I'm, I'm, once, after a while, you just get over. I'm not going to get that from my parent. So now I'm out in the world looking for that acknowledgement. I'm looking for the accolades because that will give me the acknowledgement from the people around me that I need, my mm. peers, my friends, my women. work colleagues, yeah. women, you know. So I'm out there trying to be successful. Yeah. And it was a really interesting point because I had to really come to terms with where does what's driving my ambition? Is it a drive that is in alignment where it's a healthy ambition or is this an unhealthy ambition? Mm. And I think that's what I started to realize that some parts of my ambition were unhealthy because it was leading me to become very narrow-minded. It, it, it leading me to become very, a workaholic mm. um, and these kind of other traits and ignoring my emotional state or ignoring other sides of me because I was so driven to be successful. Like this success is going to give me the validation that I so desperately needed. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's so incredible too, because Mm -hmm. I know that, you know, and Hamish is going to share later during when we get into like the characteristics and the traits and how this shows up in our shadow, you know, and shadow is just like the false self. That's not really you when you're not your best self, when you're not your hottest, when you're not really in alignment with your, with your true self, what, what happens and what you do. So you have a really great story to share with that, but I can just really hear, or I can just feel that some of you out there might be putting pieces together, listening to this podcast going, shit, yes, my dad or my mom is never happy enough. Or, you know, I've had women in my office and say like, yeah, I couldn't cry. My mom always said, nope, don't cry. Don't show your emotion. Like get over it. No crying. Just get on with it. Or, you know, we don't do that. That's not who we are. That's not the kind of family that we're in. You know, all of these things when we're young and we're, we're what's the word called impressionable. impressionable and we're learning and we're like, oh, shit, we're looking to our families or to our upbringing as to who we need to be in the world. And there will be gaps. And this isn't because you're fucked up. Nobody's fucked up. It's everybody's fucked up. We're all like this. Like this happens to every single one of us. And it's great to figure out where you are so that you could go and decide now who do you want to be now Hamish when he went through and saw that his he was holding on to his dad's values then as a grown-ass man he gets to go you know what I don't want to hold on to that anymore Mm -hmm. that's not important for me and I don't see you as a a high achieving crazy success driven person you you're chilled now you still get shit done but this is is the balance that I've been able to find because previous to that it would be it would be a success at all costs. Yeah. But now I go, hang hang on, I'm happy to be successful, but not at the cost of myself, not at the cost of my family, yeah. not at the cost of the relationship with my wife, not at the cost to, you know, the, what am I willing to do now? Yeah. And now that I feel like that part of me is in check because I'm not striving for validation from anybody, I'm giving that validation to myself now. I'm filling myself up. Mm. Now I have a healthy relationship with ambition. I have a healthy relationship with success. And if these things can will come and go, because success comes and goes, yeah, it'll money be there. Comes money goes. comes and goes. I don't lose myself in the process. I ride those waves like, cool, sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down. Sometimes mm. you're winning the game and sometimes you're losing a game. And that's sometimes the game of life. But I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep working towards it. I'm going to be excited to achieve things without when things do go bad, the whole deck of cards kind of collapsing mm. and who, my identity about who I am collapsing. Yes. Oh my I'm, God. No, I'm no longer identifying myself with that success. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't mean that I don't want to be successful or I won't, I won't go and achieve things. But no longer is that attached to who I am as a person. Yes, that's so good. I think I found that with my mom, like why I cared so much about my physical image so much. And when I answered that question, and Tony Robbins talks about it a lot, like who did you have, you know, whose love did you crave the most and all of that. 
And I'm, I was so confused because I think I did crave my dad's love because he wasn't around mm. at all, ever. But I hated him. I would scratch photos mm. of him. I hated him. But I didn't know him. And I had my mom, but then she would be gone. So I always wanted to be with my mom. So I'm still a little bit like torn with that question. Mm. But I know that I became someone who needed to look a certain way and always be pretty and always look good. Because my mom would always tell me, you need to fix your hair. You need to do your face. You mm. need to put some lipstick mm. on. Mm. Until I realized like, you know what? I don't need to do that. You need to do that. Like my mom is like all about her image. Her toes match her nails. <laughs> you know, she's like, Margarita is looking fly. And that's important to her because she obviously cares about how she looks in her image and what people think about her image. Mm. Where I I care about my image because I care about my image. Mm -hmm. And it was really interesting to go, oh, my God, that's my mom's shit. And I energetically gave it to her and never had to worry when she would say, I, Erika, put some lipstick on. And I'm like, I'm okay, mom. Anyway, let's talk about the next thing mm -hmm. where it used to really fucking piss me off. Mm -hmm. And I now realize that that's her and that's her stuff. And instead of fighting with her about it, I'm just like, cool, I'm going to love you. You've also healed the gap for oh, yourself. Oh, for sure, yeah. As in if there was still a lack inside of you, on, on feeling validated or feeling nurtured by that, yeah. then that would hurt because it mm. would resonate with you. But because now you've filled that up yeah, good or you're point. filled with other things, what she says doesn't it, – it just falls off you because yep. it doesn't get inside. I don't inside. attach to it. It doesn't attach you because it doesn't mean anything to you. Mm. There's no longer any – well, there's no there's no longer no any truth to what she says. Yeah. It's almost like the truth hurts. Yeah. Even if there is a slither of it in there and then you're like, oh, that, that hurts because that's kind of true. I, I'm, I'm not happy with the way that I look. Yeah. Or I should look better or I should be this. Yeah. And so now that doesn't get in anymore because you know that's not true for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know thyself. Know thyself. So we, when we were looking at this, what we started to look at was, you know, obviously in the feminine energy and in the masculine energy, there are certain things that yeah. come up. So, well, we went to, I went to the other end of this, right? Yeah. So now that we kind of understand this kind of wounds theory or masculine feminine wounds, wound theories, I was trying to look at human beings from the other as aspect. I'm like, what do human beings strive for so obsessively? Yeah. And the biggest things that we all know is that we, is, is power. Yeah. Money and and sex, like sex, money, power, right? Mm. Um, maybe more money and power, but there's definitely sex is in there as a, as a I think as another one that came up later. Mm. But I was thinking, what do human beings just? You can control a human being with these three things. Mm. You can control them with. They can be sick on power. They can be drunk on power. Like money, never enough, and sex. You know, it's like, and I'm like, why are these? Why are those the three things that we really kind of? move towards or dedicate why is that always seems to be a play like you know we've been talking about the corruption of men or women you know what corrupts people yeah and it's like it's money it's power and it's sex like those three things you can you know if you push in the right areas of a human being you can get them to do anything that you want you yeah. can control them and, and it, it sounds like too those areas if they're if they're balanced well like if you're well if you know your power in a positive and you're great with money and you're in tune with your sex and your sexuality on the power on the powerful good side of things it's also when a human feels like it's they're at their best 100% right it's um, yeah and this is the thing like i'm looking at it as a this is the manifestation of the wound down yeah. the track yeah, yeah. so someone that is good in those areas or has felt a really good has managed to find a really good balance in their positive and negative energies doesn't have as much of affiliation in sex, money, and power. Yeah. But someone that does have a wound and hasn't addressed it, it manifests itself as this obsession yeah, over achieving these things or controlling For these validation. things yeah. because their validation now has become so. And with the, you know this podcast is validation station, and it's yeah. it's about what what are the things that humans really crave in terms of validation, 
and it's sex, money, and power. It's those really three things that we feel like we have to. And with sex, it's over. not like sex. It's like all the things that have to do with sex. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 It's, it's like it's like look. Your... It's the look of, and that's where these you're talking about body image. And, yeah. And you know, intimacy. Intimacy and yeah. and, 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 all sorts of, and even even being noticed. You yeah. Know? Like for that sure. can be in the in the terms of sex, being noticed, being. A, being acknowledged by the opposite sex. All the likes sex. on Instagram, All baby. All the likes on that's Instagram. Likes, you know, that's, that's, the, sex. that's the sex part of it, you yeah. know. Um, so I think looking at these things and I was like, wow, I wonder how this ties together. Like what happens along this way, you know. And we really started to see that there's these sort of patterns of behavior or these characteristics in which people um, develop from these wounds mm. as a way to cover them up. And it usually ends up, them being having issues with you know sex money or power or this is where the the validation station kind of kicks in because they're really drunk wanting to get more power they're dead they're, they're, like i said to you before my drive was ambition so you can see that's a drive for for power that's a drive totally. for acknowledgement yeah to be am i good enough and if my yeah. dad doesn't think i'm good enough who will when i met hamish he had like i think 70 sessions a week in yeah. personal training. So he was making $100,000 as a personal trainer, which most personal trainers make like $33,000 a year, yeah. you know? And so obviously great that you're busy, you got money, but he was burned out. And we're going to talk about the traits and the characteristics, yeah. but, you know, and it was for what? Like it wasn't really giving him happiness because he didn't look truly happy. Yeah. But it's like Hamish is the busiest trainer. My son is making money. Yeah. Uh, who cares? They still don't care. I did a podcast, you guys, on um, seeking family what validation from your family seeking approval from your family mm. this goes really well with this if you have issues around that please listen to that after mm. this so i think if we come back to these masculine and feminine energy ideas and one is the nurture one is the acknowledger and you can see that inside the acknowledger and the nurturer there is validation mm. that's what we're that's the core both. of it yeah. in both of them there is validation through nurturing so when someone nurtures you you feel validated with that love when someone acknowledges you, you feel validated with that acknowledgement, with being seen in that way. So then when we look further down and we look at money, sex, and power, we can see how they're manifestations of of those very wounds. So power, what is power? Why does anybody want power? So that they can have that control, so they can have acknowledgement, so that people important. can yeah. see me. They, so when we say power, we're saying like social status. We're looking at um, you know, being celebrity. Um, you know, having power over people, being the CEO, yeah. being on top of the chain, Politician, the politicians, <laughs> the president, the, you know, so, like influencers, big, big, high level. Yeah. And, you know, and, and having this kind of power, there's also a level of control that they want inside of that, because it's like, cool, you're going to know me because you're going to see me because I can control you. I have power over you. Mm. There is this kind of twisted way in which the acknowledgement becomes like, well, if you're not going to acknowledge me, I'm going to force you to acknowledge me. And this is like in that masculine is what we're talking this is about masculine. The masculine. This is the this is the um, the manifestation of that that kind of wounded masculine energy. Yeah, becomes this obsession with power because once this power, you think about it, no longer do I have to worry about you acknowledging me. I can force you to acknowledge me because I have the power yeah. or I am powerful. Yeah. So you have to acknowledge me. Yeah. Right. And then we were kind of looking at okay, well, money. What's the obsession with money? Well, you can see with money, it has kind of both the same thing, you know. And even if you look at power, there is a nurture in power. Mm. You know, if I'm powerful, then it's the accolades. Look at me, nurture me with your affections, nurture me with your love. I become attractive to you. Mm. And I and I really resonate that from the men's point of view because how many men are so willing to look for power 
Mm. and social status to look good to attract the affections of women you know yeah. i know that's a simple example but, but it's, true. it's very true it happens like that's why we buy the flashy cars that's why we wear the nice suits to look powerful to look successful in order to get the love and affections or the nurture from the feminine so that's mm. what we're kind of doing then if you look at money money's money can have this again that dualistic approach to validation money can be seen as a powerful thing to do it gives me power so these two kind of interchange with each other money and power it's also what we use to nurture ourselves so i can take that money and i can buy something to feel Self-care. good i can buy your love yeah. so to speak you know yeah. i can buy the alcohol i can buy the drugs i can self-medicate i can use money in order to get myself to be nurtured to be looked after i can mm. You know, I can buy all these, um, the shopping, the clothes, the, again, the expensive houses. And money also has a control when I remember being Absolutely. in a relationship where, you know, he, he, he didn't seem like a narcissist kind of person. He wasn't a powerful personality per se. Like I was more loud and outgoing, but money was the power. Like he would control the whole relationship with money. Yeah. Like I'll buy that. I'm paying for that. I'm doing this. Like no mm-hmm. giving accounts or no sharing. Like me and you, we talk money all the time, but like, it's yeah. like, no, I'm going to handle the money and that's it. Or I'm going to pay for everything. You don't get to open your wallet, which sounds really cute and nice and romantic, but it's not like, yeah. it's actually not. It's a yeah. form of manipulation. Well, it's a form of control. Yeah. yeah, it's a form of control. Um, and then again, sex being that final one is really the epitome of nurture because really what's, what are we looking for sex? That acknowledgement, I mean, so that intimacy, Connection. but there is an acknowledgement in there as well. You know, there's like the, you Do can you want see, me? You, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm exactly, I'm attractive to you. You desirable. want me, I'm desirable. Yeah. Um, and so sex can be that manifestation or that need for it. And I hear sex as well has power. Absolutely. Oh my God, powers in everything. So see how these kind of three things yeah. really interchange. And if you tie it back, you can really start to see where these nurture and acknowledgement, these two kind of energies, yeah. which haven't been given to this person, you can see how they go out into this world and end up becoming quite addicted because now they're looking for that gap to be filled with power, with money, mm. with sex, which is other people are, um, are dishing out. Mm. And I guess this is this is a great time to talk about how couples come together because mm. this is what we found out in our couple's relationship. Yeah. When you have these wounds, you're often finding a partner which complements you in these wounds. Yeah. So if you're looking for if you're lacking in nurture, you know, you you're likely to find a a, a partner yeah. who gives that nurture to you. You know? And then if you're, you know, if you're lacking in the in the masculine of acknowledgement, then you're looking for a partner that gives you that acknowledgement. Yes. And what we're seeing in, in the couples, which is probably another podcast, is yes. that manipulation of energy mm. because they're getting there. It's it's you know one energy in two minds because they're trying to manipulate the other person for their resources, for their energy. Yeah, and obviously this is manipulation that goes so unseen. Um, And if you are interested in knowing more about this, we did a Power Couples Masterclass. And you can head, I'll pop the link in the show notes and you can watch it. And it's incredible because we really talk about how when we're not aware or how we are irresponsible with our own energy and irresponsible with our own uh, attracting and what we attract. And every time I had a shitty relationship, I attracted it. You know, it wasn't just the narcissist is a bad person. It's also that damsel in distress or that 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 woman or that man attracted that narcissist as well. And so it's this combination that we come together and both parties are dancing this dance of, you know, what did we say? Manipulation at first sight. It's not always love at first sight. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a bit of it really we think it's love, but it's like oh, manipulation at first sight. Shit, I didn't know. So it's not like 
like you guys are manipulating or we're manipulating on purpose, but we do. You know, I yeah. definitely played that role of damsel in distress. Yeah. Hamish has played, played the rescuer, rescuer role yeah. in, in the past. Because, again, it gave me that validation. It yeah. gave me that, oh, look, you've done this for me. So this definitely plays out in relationships. Totally. But what we want to do is really go through and, and describe what happens in the masculine and the feminine or what it looks like in the person. And yeah. don't forget, this is a very general um, but these these traits we've seen repeated over and over again with our clients and with our own and with teachings. myself as well and with ourselves. Yeah. So you go go masculine first. So obviously the masculine, as we discussed, is about acknowledgement. So when we say um, masculine energy, we're talking about are you seeing me, right? So when we have someone that hasn't got as much of that masculine acknowledgement as they need, it's created a wound, and often what it ends up showing up is. As, as that shadow self or that ego yeah. or ego self, it's manifesting itself later on in life as someone that's really you know um, dedicated to social status. They really they really uh, has a, have a need for power. Yeah, yeah. They're um, and they, they become very void in their emotions. Yeah, so they they're putting that emotional side, that nurture side away, and they're becoming very focused on getting as much of that acknowledgement as possible when they're in this zone, in mm-hmm. this energy field. So that shadow is like a power seeker, social status, blue tick kind of like up, up, up. And it's not saying the blue tick shit is not good, by the way. Yeah. But we're saying when this is when you're not hot, when you're not in your flow, when we're in the shadow self, this is where it manifests. This is when it's all consuming. Yes. Yeah? So again, all these things that we're talking, there's nothing wrong with having power. There's nothing wrong with having social status or being a celebrity or getting a blue tick. Those things I would call innate. They have yeah. no en- energy to them. They're just yes. things. But if there is an unhealthy relationship with those things, yeah. and the way that I would look at it is if you're identifying with yourself with those things, as in if you don't have them, you feel unhappy, and if you do have them, you are happy, Yeah. then this Perfect. is this is where the shadow is playing out. Perfect so example. when there's a need for power and when you don't have power, you actually don't feel good, or when you have social status, you feel good, and when you don't have social status, you don't feel good, Yeah. these You've are ways you're, yeah. we, we, you're, you're, you're very likely to be having a masculine acknowledgement wound. Yeah, yeah. I would say. Um, so, how do these traits? Yeah, what are the traits? Well, we we sort of see the traits coming out as people who become very narcissistic. You know, mm. when this energy is out of balance, they're narcissistic, they're manipulative, they're on a power trip, they're often very angry or resentful. Mm. And we would kind of describe them as the, the lone wolf, you know. I've got this on my own and I did this, yeah. you know. It was I did all of this. And, yeah. you know, we can see so many celebrities that, that play this out. Like I was just mm-hmm. thinking of Drake almost. Like I don't know his wounds, but he's very much in his songs. If you listen to it, it's like, I did this. Like you didn't help me. I did this. Now, yeah. I don't know if that's just his lyrics or what he's saying, but there is that kind of – um, I got I'm me. the greatest. It's about me. Um, uh, and look, uh, this yeah. is not a, this is not a, um, an attack on Drake at all. I love we his music. We fucking love Drake. Love by the Drake. Way. Drake. Shout out to but Drake. But the persona that I perceive from him, he could also be seen as very narcissistic. He could be like, it's all about me, and I'm the big guy at the top, and I'm the celebrity. Like he could you know be what? like that. That's a really good thing if you don't mind to bring up because we see celebrities, we see rappers, we see famous people, and I now and Hamish as well. Whenever we see anyone, we look beyond the visual that you get to see. So I don't, I don't, we don't go into the comparison of people because we don't believe what we first see. Yeah. Not because we don't want to, but as coaches, we're de- you're designed to go, hmm, that's not really, that's not really the, the forefront. That front at the front is not really it. There's something beyond that. And mm-hmm. so, 
in a really neutral way, non non uh, judgmental. We ain't trying to judge either. Fuck that. Like I'm I'm doing my thing. I'm trying to write my book. I'm trying to get on Oprah's couch, and I have my reasons for that as well. But it's like you see this stuff, and you start to pay attention to how people show up and why people got the bling bling and the Gucci, and and why they work so hard, and they're like, I'm the hardest worker, and I want people to say that. Why? Because when you were seven. Your mother or your father or your grandma or your auntie or somebody on the playground did some shit and you spend your whole life trying to mm. prove that person back then wrong in your future and that person don't give a fuck. Mm. And in your future, that person doesn't exist anymore. Mm. And it's really, it's so crazy to think about it because maybe you listening can think of people. Maybe you are one of those people. I definitely was. But you can start thinking about celebrities or actors or models or you know, famous whatevers who who you've seen do this, or even friends that have yeah, done this. Friends for sure. Yeah, and and this is the, as a side note, and and <laughs> taking it to another level. Then there's 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 really industries that that structure their businesses around these insecurities. Yep. You know, what I mean, like oh, yeah. there will always Weight be a more industry. and more expensive car to buy. There always will be an expensive chain to buy. There will always be. Do you know what I mean? Like the, yeah, the, the next level of the next there, level. There is, there is also a society that is also glorifying these things, glorifying having the cars yeah. and the necklaces and being a celebrity. So we right. have this culture. <laughs> the ostrich, Louis Vuitton ostrich seats in the, in the Bulgarian. Ex- exactly. There's, already al- expensive. <laughs> there's always going to be something else you can buy. Yeah. Like, there's never going to be enough. So. And by the way, right? Like we want to say like me and Hamish are not um, material people. We just aren't. It's not my jam. I've never liked it. I've had friends try to offer things. I don't like it. I don't like it. It's not my vibe. It's not Hamish's vibe. But if you love Gucci and shit, don't worry, boo. Like, that's cool. Like, do you. We're not saying that Gucci and shit's not right. But what Hamish said, and I'm going to repeat it because it was so fucking fire. It was like, if you are identifying with these things, like I have a $5,000 handbag, therefore I'm cool and I'm good enough. Mm -hmm. And if I don't have any labels, I'm not good enough or I'm not who I know I can be. That is the fucking flag, baby. That's the red flag. When you look at your bank account, if it doesn't have a certain number, and this happened to me in the beginning of my growth because I was a broke bitch from Boston. I didn't have shit. And I was like, if my account doesn't say that, I get stressed out. I would physically, my heart would beat. And I'm like, babe. And he's like, what's wrong? I'm like, "The, the money, there's not a lot of money in there. He's like, who cares? We don't need money right now. I'm like, I know, but I like when there's money in my bank account or else I get stressed out. And he's like, what? Like, chill the fuck out. And now it comes in, it goes out. I pay shit, I buy shit. It stays there. It doesn't mean shit about me. There's no meaning about it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's true. Like, I used to be that with cars. Like, you you remember when we first met? I said, I love, and and I do love cars. I have a love for cars. I love little hot hatches like Volkswagens. I've always had one. But there was a period when I was growing up where it, it used to represent me. It was, mm. it was, it was, it was the kind of the cool thing, you know. It was like, oh, that guy's successful, or that guy's cool. He's got a really nice car. It's lowered. It makes a lot of noise. Now I couldn't imagine anything worse. But <laughs> you know what I mean. And I remember crashing that car once. This is back before I knew you, and it devastated me. I'm like, oh my god, I crashed my car. And not to say that I'm going to crash my car now, but I couldn't care less now. Yeah, yeah. You know, like we've got a new car and the kids bump it and then like, and it's I a nice it. car, right? Because <laughs> you hit it, and, you know, the, the rims are scratched to oh all hell. God, I remember scratched. scratching my rims and being so upset. I remember scratching the rims of this car that we got and looking at you like, oh fuck. And Hamish is like, babe, I don't care. And I'm like, I just, I just oh. don't care anymore. <laughs> and that's not who I used to be. I, I used remember. to, I used to be so concerned. Like my car was like my house it was polished every day yep. i used to clean the engine I used to vacuum it every weekend being a parent makes you uh not give it a does, it does. <laughs> and it's not to say that you can't enjoy that right but if things were wrong with the car it would really affect my happiness yeah and once i let go of that i can still enjoy a car now i was looking at youtube at the new 
R32 and the new Golf, the new R. And I can enjoy it without going, oh, I have to have that. Or and else until, I'm not, yeah. Until I have that, I'm not going to be happy. Yeah, yeah. And I can enjoy looking at that car. I can enjoy looking at someone else having that car. Yeah. And go. You're happy for them. I'm, I'm happy for them. Yeah. I'm so happy for them. That's also true. But like it when doesn't you're... want, I don't, uh, there's no need for, and look, I might go out and buy that car. Yeah. But it's not because someone else had it or because I feel like I'm missing out on but something. But that's so true that you said like, well, you would be happy for these people. Because sometimes I did a podcast just recently about jealousy and it that jealousy comes up because you feel like. They're better than you because they have it and you mm. should have it or else you're not good. Back again to the wound. There is a there's trauma. A there's a wound. There's something there. It's a it's a bit of a charge, mm. something for you to look at. That's a really good point. And it's, that's where comparison, judgment, it's all envy, related. like it all, it all, it all comes up. So going back to the, uh, the masculine, you know, um, so how does, so they're, they're narcissistic. They end up being manipulative people on power trips. They can be very angry. Now let, let's be clear. This, this is a real twisted version. This yeah. is the worst case scenario. Worst case scenario. And, 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 and everyone might have degrees of this throughout yeah. their, their personality. It, it can manifest in terms of behavior as alcohol and drug abuse. So it's, behavior, yeah. So, yeah, this, so this is, this is the how behavior, they how they act. They can, it leads to burnout and overworking, um, blaming others, uh, numbing out, not taking responsibility for their uh, actions. Um, it can also lead to anxiety. And I think if you think of anxiety as uh, worrying about the future, yeah, you know, this, this, this is kind of – in ties in masculine acknowledgement ties in with anxiety without acknowledgement then i'm not being who i should be i'm not getting the acknowledgement because i'm not who i am yeah and so then that leads with anxiety because then you're worrying about the future will i not be this person in the future or what do i need to do now so that i am that person in the future so it's 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 playing That's with so time intense intense as in oh what's going to happen in the future what's going to what's going to look like you can really, if you start, you know, connecting these dots together, yeah, yeah. you can see that there's a relationship. There's some sort of correlation here, you know, between this kind of I want acknowledgement, I want to be successful, and anxiety and so what's happening in the future. Yes. You know? Okay. So confession time for me because something just came up for me there that I thought I should confess, and and this will relate back to exactly what you said. So I had a running story uh, recently because me and Hamish, when we first started this business. We really struggled when our second baby was born. It makes me want to cry still because we couldn't, like, fucking buy bread. Mm. Like, when I tell you that we struggled to find coins, to pay for things, to like, we were fucked, you guys. Like, it was the worst. The car seat, Seriously, we're looking <laughs> under the car seat. Find $2 under the car seat to buy bread for these kids. And I'm not trying to sound like, oh, we were homeless. It wasn't like that. No. But for us in Australia, when we – I already had lived a hard life. So we were living a good fucking life in a nice place, nice car. We just bought – we were fucked at the time financially and Hamish's business was fucked because it was a gym and it was Christmas time and nobody works out on Christmas or here in That's Australia. Debt yeah, we had business. debt. We had a second baby and we bought this car because we needed it for two seats for car seats. So we were at the worst financial place we'd ever been. And remember, when you've already been together for six years or eight years, you're supposed to be going up, right? Mm-hmm. Supposed to be. And we were going backwards. Felt so backwards. yeah, we, it felt like we were going backwards financially. And I remember... I have a lot of masculine, y'all know if you listen to my podcast, I have a lot of that masculine energy of doing and action and, and making it happen for myself. And Hamish is probably more that softer, like go in nature, go slow, get to the same place as me, but slower energy. So if we say as a couple, I'm probably more, ev- even as the turtle. I know I'm the hare and he's, he's the fucking turtle. He gets there at the end. I'm fucking puffed. And he's like, yo, why are you going? Why are you tripping? Just chill. We get to the red light. Literally when we drive, this is a side note of a side note. We get to the red light and I'm, I'm like angry and frustrated because I've been cutting people off and Hamish is jamming to his fucking Michael Bublé looking at me like, why, why are you speeding, babe? Just chill the fuck out. You know, it's really funny. Um, 
so so just an example of this like i remember working that first year in my business so hard and we made fucking six figures we killed it it was incredible that energy helped me but then year two i was carrying that energy yeah. into year two yeah. and hamish had to like shake me and like whoa babe Yo, we're all right. We got money to buy. We can buy bread. Chill. Like we can mm. fucking buy a bakery. Like what's wrong? Like mm-hmm. why are you going so hard? And I had this secret, secret underlying belief and it pops up from time to time. I'm not going to lie. While I've been writing my book, it's yeah, popping up. Yeah. Like I don't want to be there again. I don't want to be broke again. I don't want to not make it again. Uh, am I going to really make it onto Oprah's couch? Am I really going to be like Tony Robbins level for woman? Like maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not smart enough. I'm just a ghetto girl from Boston, like all that shit. Mm -hmm. So it makes me get anxious and it makes me angry. And I used to do the behavior of drinking alcohol, right? Numbing out as a way of doing it. Overworking. Overworking me. That's me. So you guys, uh, let's use Erica as the, as the toxic masculine for the example. Cause this is really, if I'm honest, when you're talking about it, fuck, I was there. I was really there. Mm -hmm. And it was a, it was a bullshit story that I had to Byron Katie and manage my mind. But that was definitely, and that affected us. Cause then I was just working and you were like, what the fuck, man? Like chill. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry. I had to like keep it real there. Confession time. Plus I, we also had kids. So then I felt, well, I have to I have to fall back into that nurture role because we've got two kids that we need yeah. to look after. So it's like then we're like polarizing ourselves. And we were fine. Like I we was making fine. up that we weren't okay. I was going into the future projecting that we were going to be how we were in the past, which made no sense. We had money in the bank. Mm. Shit was flying. But, but I was worried. Also, I also then stopped doing stuff in the business. Yeah. Remember, I started, oh, well, I have to take care of the kids. Yeah, wow. And then all of a sudden, I'm not doing manfulness. I'm not looking after alter ego, remember? Yeah, and then remember. you're like, man, you got to get up and do stuff. And I'm like... I'm fucking watching these but kids. But I'm trying to <laughs> clean the house and look after kids. And, yeah. And again, that's my... Um, I've got that's, Go that's to. I've got to be careful because next. that's yeah. my next... Because I'm the next one. I'm yeah. the, like, oh, I'm just going to be the rescuer. I'm going to take care of the family mm. and nurture and... And then I'm gonna. Lo- wow. I'm not gonna follow my purpose, which is that's really the masculine is like this is the the acknowledgement and of the yes, person. Yes. You know what I mean? So you guys can see, like that's masculine, right? We're gonna go into feminine. He's just gonna explain it, but just so you can see, I, I love examples. Y'all know I'm an analogy lover, but that's a great example because that what was happening for us. And now, you know, I know you've got stories as to the rescue yeah. and all of that, but hopefully for those of you that you know, have heard that you get what that is. Like that's the toxic masculine. That's what happens. That's how, that's how you identify. Those are your traits. And that's the behavior that you show up like. Yeah. Yeah. And now moving to the feminine. So we talked about the same kind of concept. Now the feminine being the nurture. So really, you know, that, that caretaker, that lover, that, you know, feeding you, taking care of you, nursing you, you, nursing you. Yeah, exactly. So we really feel like when people didn't get enough of that, they're looking for more of that. Mm. They end up creating a a shadow of the, of the victim. Really? It's a victim because they're like, poor me. I didn't get enough love or, you know, feel sorry for me. I need, I need love, self pity. It really kind of manifests in that way. If if not that low, the next level up from that would be a rescuer, where maybe they're a little bit more active, and they're off trying to help everybody, oh. trying to nurture all people. Yep. And really, what they're trying to do is they're trying to nurture all nurture all people because they want that nurture back. That's the or martyr as well. It's the martyr. It's really the archetype of the martyr, or because they're also wanting validation, they're wanting that acknowledgement, mm. so they get that nurture from that side of things. So. It's really playing out that type of person of the victim, the damsel in distress, um, the people pleaser. Yeah. You know, they're off. Yes, the the yes person. I'll yes, I'll do for you whatever you want, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Um, and really, sort of, 
you know, selling themselves, giving everything of themselves to that person. Or, yeah, it's like all or nothing, right? Like, like have all, it all. Have it take take my all, take everything from me. Let me nurture you till there's nothing left inside of me. You know that kind yeah. of that real true mother archetype where yep. it's like giving all and then there's nothing left, which which we know is is not sustainable. Mm-hmm. You know, and often these people do get burnt out and angry resentful. and resentful, and <laughs> which is exactly so. So the behavior or the or the or the traits are become they become very needy, they become very clingy, yeah. they become overpowering, resentful. they become very resentful. Um, they become very good manipulators as well. Yep. They end up being the person that talk behind your back. They gossip. they gossip. You know, it's that that kind of energy. Those characteristics of really, mm. you know, that that, that yes. they put themselves into. And then from a behavioral standpoint, they often are. You know, they might be emotional eating, or uh, they spend a lot of money on themselves, like shopping. And that, again, we're not. We're not putting down spending money on yourself with like excessive, not having the money, and then, wow, oh, yes. I just got to do it because I just I don't feel good. I just I need to go shopping because I need to fix that nurture. I need to be I need to be loved. I, need I to deserve be loved. it. I deserve it. You yeah. know, it, it, it's out of whack. You know. Yeah. Um, it's getting involved in toxic relationships where you know the person's not good for you. Maybe they're violent or aggressive with you, but you're like, no, I wanna I wanna take care of him. He'll change, or it's the other way. It's like. There's nothing I can do about it. That's just the way that he is. And yeah. if, if I left, then he would probably kill himself. And, you know, really putting all yes. of that, being living in that energy. Um, it also links to very a lot of body dysmorphia where, where they're, you know, they're, they're obsessed with their body and the way that it looks. Because, again, it's like they were looking for that. The, the vehicle of their nurture is their body. And this is, this is ending up where sex can kind of come into it because um, – yeah. You know, if their body is good and their body feels good, then they use that body to nurture and use that again as a as a way to manipulate through these items of sex, money, and power, which we talk about later on. So, the body they become obsessed with their body, you know, and you can see the conflict because they emotionally eat and the yo-yo diet, and the yo-yo yeah. diet, and then they're obsessed with working out, and then it's kind of like this. Back and forth, very, back and um, forth, you know. Extreme, and these are absolute extremes. extremes. The masculine extreme, the these are all extremes, toxic extremes. Are, and like we said before, you may find yourself or others at different scales of this. So, is that a ten? You might be a one, and in, or some of you might be at a ten. You know, where they, where you're really playing out this archetype, yeah. and some of you might have hints or subtleness of these, or once in a while. Mm. Um, yeah, so they're seeking validation, and then the thing, the the overall feeling tends to be a leading towards depression. Yeah, because, where you know, the others anxiety. Feel like, yeah, while the other one's anxiety, where it's what's happening in the future. This is a depression, maybe what happened in the past, or you know, I didn't get what I needed, and no one ever looks after me, and it's kind of like all this stuff that happened to them previously. It's it's a kind of a poor me, depressed, mm. you know, hunched over shoulders, chin down, kind of this life never goes right for me, and life is not good, and it's just that depressive yeah, energy, that you low. know. That low, while the anxiety is kind of like a, oh, I don't know what's going to happen in the future. Is a bit more, you know, it's a different different feel to it. So, yeah, and you have a story with that rescuer. Yeah, so I, I very much was that rescuer. I, I end up playing out that idea of so because of that whole thing with your dad thing. Remember how you? Yeah, yeah. So I, I think what happens is for me in terms of that 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 nurture. My mum was very nurturing. I think when I when I think about it, she she gave us a lot of love and a lot of attention. But it, it also created some sort of wound because it was given in a way which was also a little bit manipulative. My mum is yeah. is a is a typical martyr. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. will give and, and give too too much, you know, and yeah. she and she'll she will um um 
empty herself, yeah. you know, and she, and, and, and so it's very easy for them, me to take that on board, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that's where the wound was created was too much. Yeah. So then I'm out there being that rescuer for people. And I did that in my relationships. I would do that in business. That, not the thing from your dad. Like Cause I'm seeking the yeah, other side of things. I'm thinking of, I'm seeking acknowledgement. So in order for me to get acknowledgement, I give out the nurture, yeah. you know, does that make sense? So I'm giving the opposite because I'm thinking if I give someone nurture, they'll give me acknowledgement, you know? So this so is crazy. where this kind of flips the other side. And and maybe if you're the masculine and you're, you're lacking the acknowledgement, you're trying to get the nurture. So you're doing all the look at the big house, like we talked about before, look at the power and the money that I have so that I can get the sex. Mm. Yeah, because I want to I want to get the girl so that she can love me up and nurture me and give me that. So I'm using what I know to get the opposite of what I didn't get. Yes. And so I was here using nurture as a way to get acknowledgement, which is what I didn't get from my dad. And so yeah. here I am rescuing damsels in distresses and giving more of me than I had and becoming resentful, becoming, um, you know, I wasn't an emotional eater or had anything, but I, I definitely was the other side of it where I was really focused on my body. I'm a personal trainer. So yeah. fitness is always my thing. Like I'm always working out. Luckily, that's in check for me. Like it doesn't, but you can, I could easily see where I could work out too much or overdo it. Or become obsessed with obsessed nutrition. With body, yeah. Obsessed with it, like it, it was about all about. My, and I, and to be honest with you, that really was what I was like growing up. It was all about my look. I used to dress well. I used to always have the six pack, um, and that was a really important thing for me. And I do remember like going out and drinking and eating too much and feeling bloated and actually feeling really not good about myself being out in social scenes because. I felt like I didn't have a six pack anymore because I'd eaten too much. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. and that would be what was on my mind. You know what I mean? Wow, as yeah. as a as a man, you know. Um, and so and 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 definitely be leading to bouts of depression. Like no one loves me anymore, and you know, f- feeling breakup really hard, and getting involved in toxic relationships where they knew these girls weren't good for me or mm. or the right ones, and sort of, you know, and then needy, clingy. You know, be, becoming that, oh, you don't give me the acknowledgement that I need and poor me and yeah. et cetera. You know, and, and it's sort of that kind of archetype that I would keep playing into. And it's so funny because we talked about you don't have to be a male or a female to do this. And no. we actually, we're as the, we're doing we're this. We're the opposite examples. Yeah, we're actually the opposite examples. And when you look at Hamish and I as parents, I'm probably more like Hamish's dad and Hamish is more like his mom. And I didn't have that example. So I just had, you get your ass whooped, that's it. There's no love for you. You get smacked and you get hit and that's it. So for me, I've had to learn how to step into the feminine with my boys so that I don't yell and scream and and, and scare them and become too angry Mm. and become the punisher, you know, the aggressive punisher. And obviously that shifted for me, thank goodness. But And then then also for me, I'm always playing the good guy. Yeah, he would be the good guy. Always playing the nurturing. So I've had to sometimes lay the law with the kids and go, no, actually what your mother said is right. And, you know, backing you up and going, you're not going to have ice cream today or you're not going to have games. Exactly, you're not going to do that anymore. I keep... I know, as opposed to being the one that's defending them and always nurturing them, and then it it it, it downplays the um, discipline that you're trying to yeah, give them. Yeah. And so trying to balance that out, where I'm like, I can be the disciplinary and the nurturer at the same time, and knowing how to set those boundaries so that I'm not always just like, it's okay, it's okay, it'll be fine. Here's what you want. Here's what you want. Here's what you yeah, want. Yeah, yeah. Um, and giving them that false sense of of. Um, of parenting that we, we need to give them. It's so, it's, I'm just listening to this and watching this and looking at how much we've discussed and how important it is 
you know, now that people are like, okay, what what do we do? <laughs> like, yeah. how does this, you know, obviously this is already one of a really long podcast, but we wanted to just, I guess, is it complete? Do you want to keep going with it? Or I, yeah, I think I think that's 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 the majority. I think, I think yeah. this is something that I'm I'm still working on. We're like, still, yeah. like I'm still I'm, I'm actually adding even shamanic concepts into here and chakras. you know chakras and looking how as we evolve. And there's more to this. Probably another hour of podcast to go into it, <laughs> but it, I, I think it's, it's I think it's verging on a very good discussion, and that's what I wanted to have about it because you start pinning these dots together and and mapping out this thing and going wow i can really see how this translates and what we just discussed right now is that maybe many of us actually have a wound in both areas a yeah. wound in the masculine and the feminine yeah and so there might be a part of you that's looking for nurture as well as acknowledgement and maybe at certain times or Highly certain likely. things triggers you yeah you bring out more of one than the other you know yeah, we see that a lot i think that that's we really see that common. so if you're like i think i have both it's it happens you know it definitely does where it crosses over because of our how we grow up and yeah. what we what we don't get that we because we, i can we, see myself in the masculine you know that need for power that social acknowledgement um, being angry and a narcissistic i can see myself being that person i've been that person before mm. um you know and overworking and you know doing too much to be successful again you know that side of things do you know what i feel because i was when you were reading this before i was like i've been the masculine and i'm probably more that now ish but mm. i have a good mix I, I feel really balanced right now like especially during covid and i just feel this this restful mix that's coming up yeah, that's i know a too. massive influence from you yeah. But I've also remember getting becoming this little victim after moving to Australia because mm. my whole life in America was this crazy I had to be angry I had to be this this basically like just masculine anger powerhouse to defend my family and defend myself on the playground kind of thing mm. and then coming to Australia and being a damsel in distress and yeah. being like I'm so broken and damaged and that is when I attracted the douchebags <laughs> you know yeah, so you honestly so I was is, both so this, but you can also see that it relates to maybe different times in your life yeah or so maybe, doing one for so long that oh that didn't work let me do this let me other do the other negative thing. one yeah that's right let, <laughs> let me flip to the other side let yeah. me, I remember being that real damsel in distress in the rescue and then becoming real an asshole at the other yeah, end exactly, of it that's what I'm you know, saying. and be like yeah treat him mean keep him keen you know yeah. what I mean and, and, and playing that out and then being wow. about the look and the power and being aggressive and you know i remember being that person at one stage it wasn't natural for me but i ended up going oh well being the nice guy doesn't work yeah and you wow. see that with the guys i think he's like oh i've been the nice guy for too long now i'm gonna fuck him up i'm gonna i'm gonna be the asshole for a while you know yeah, yeah. and 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 playing out these kind of uh, archetypes which, these roller coasters you can yeah. see why we like the bad boys but then we don't want to marry the bad boys you can see why we're it's 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 a lot it's huge i hope you guys are seeing all of the amazing yeah just examples that are within this for yourselves i know we have finding so yeah. much and just really coming back to um understanding that a lot of this comes back to this concept of masculine or feminine or this dualities of energy this yin yang you know yeah. and understanding when we haven't got enough we end up looking into our world to to fill these voids, yeah. you know. And I want to say to you, just as a disclaimer, we should have said at the beginning, we're not saying that this is how the masculine is and that this is how the feminine is. No. This is all about the the not hot, the shadow ego, kind of almost the negative, non helpful side of things because of a yeah. childhood wound or a. A upbringing wound or an adolescent wound so if it wasn't when you were five maybe it was when you were 14 whatever it is this is about the side when we're not good so this is not us saying this is the feminine this is the masculine no, also there's a whole nother podcast that we need to do around what does that mean because i remember seeing our shamanic healer both of us share the same healer and me saying you know i've just been in my masculine and he looked at me and was like 
whatever that is that you think is the masculine is not the masculine. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck. And this wasn't long ago, right? This was pre-COVID, like this year. And I kind of like felt like bitch slapped by my spirit guide over here going, <laughs> that is not masculine. So to all my female listeners who think, no, I'm just being masculine right now. Trust me, if you're identifying as masculine, you probably don't even have an understanding of what the masculine is yeah. because I feel like the masculine takes a nasty hit and it is not. And some some of y'all out there know about feminine and masculine and hopefully you're agreeing with this because I think we are confused as general women are very confused well, what men, masculine well, energy is. Are. Men are the same. I mean, I don't think they have any idea of what masculinity really is because they've only been exposed to the bad side of it. Mm. They've only been exposed to this side. And again, like we talked about before, there is also a society structure yeah, which um, ingrains us with this bullshit, and 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 and, and makes this an acknowledgement, like acknowledges this and rewards you for it. Yeah. You know, like we've yeah. got a society that rewards you for being the bad boy, and and rewards you for yeah. um, having a lot of money and and being living this capitalist society world and getting it all and taking as much as you need without regard for anybody else. Yeah. But that's nothing to do Companies with... Companies are actually protected to do that Correct. shit. Correct. And, and, and if you really look into the into the masculine energy, it has never been about that. Yeah. In fact, that's a masculine out of control. But in our society, it's the norm. Mm. So most men grow up going, oh, well, that's what it means to be a man. A man. Yeah. And it's so twisted when actually that is not anything about what it's meant to be a man. It's just that our society has created industries around this. Yeah. Because you think about it, how good does marketing work now? I know. How good does products and services work now? We can get money from you because I know you have a gap in your masculinity. I know you have a gap in your femininity, that energy. So let me fill you with my products and services and all I want in return is your money. I was, <laughs> you know, I was listening to um, Glennon Doyle's Untamed, her book Untamed, and it's amazing. And she was saying that she went into the shower and in the shower her son had soap, like a, a body wash, and it was like oh fucking all these boy things like you know the, the what yeah, what they're yeah Lynx well it was like it was like attack the dirt and and attack and like conquer and and gritty nitty like all like full on she was like is my son having a shower with this or is he going to war like what the fuck it's this true. is about a war but even you look at those things it's like put this on and then you'll be so attractive to women they'll just fall over you i know and i know it's it's meant to be humorous but no. there is a truth behind but she's this. like this is this is like the the you know 2020 or whatever year it is like this and my my teenagers are buying this and putting this on their body and reading these bottles then she's like i grabbed my daughter's and it was a soft pink skinny thin bottle and it said words like soft alluring gentle lovely yeah, she's yeah. like what the fuck is this like the same what is this yeah exactly <laughs> but just like interesting how we're still companies are still marketing to us and our children this way you know i love when wonder woman came out because now our son our five-year-old's like oh wow because he's already coming to us from school going no i don't like girls i like mummy and grandma but i don't like girls girls are yucky and Mm -hmm. it's like only boys are cool and only if you're fast and strong and it's like you know his favorite color was pink and i was so happy about it for Mm. so long and now he's like red and blue and i'm like (laughs) no you know i put cheetah print on the three-year-old as much as i can and that's on our best efforts to not have that in our house. I know. Can so you that's, imagine? That's his exposure to the outside world. So, like, what chance do we have? It's so difficult. Of to, course. You know, because so it's just it's just important to know. And it's not enough to put a downer on it, but it's just to understand what these companies and yep. what the nature of our our environment or our society is also on. Because there is that flow towards this, and there's a benefit to some of these companies and organizations that wrought this. Because the more that they – and I I studied marketing. I have a marketing degree. I know the whole idea behind marketing is to find these 
uh, insecurities in you or these points and to get you to then purchase the product. It's, yeah. it's, it's all about finding that angle. That's an industry. That's It's all about that, you know? Yeah. Um, so when you come back and you go, well, we need to change a few things or we need to change the way we're behaving, it's also realizing that as a, as a macro level, yeah. this is also out there as well as, as the micro level. It's kind of like as above, so below kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. So... Can you give a little insight or what we're going to finish it up, but what do you, what can people do? What can my beautiful ladies, my listeners do um, if they have identified, you know, Look, oh I, shit, I, I, what I would think, you say? I think for me, like with all our clients, I say awareness is number one. Yeah. Bringing awareness to this is always your first step. It's like, you know, obviously I teach meditation, many know that. And why do you practice meditation? The first part of meditation is to bring awareness to, it's not about getting a perfect meditation and being out there with the divine. It's about <laughs> not, can you bring your attention in? Can you become aware of your breath? So I think step one is if this podcast has triggered you or this sounds familiar to you, find awareness, really look into your life and your patterns and really look at your behaviors and those around you and really start to become aware of this in your day-to-day world and in the decisions that you've made. So I think that would be my first step. My second point for anybody that's really feeling this and and is resonating with this is that the only way to heal these wounds or to heal or to really give this 100% is to give it to yourself. Mm. That's the key. Now, I'm not saying that's an easy thing to do, but finding ways how do you give yourself acknowledgement? How do you give yourself nurture and making yourself be self-sufficient as opposed to self-dependent? That's the bridge we all have to walk. Yeah. If we want to especially make a change for the, for our children's lives and for the, and a change our society, we need to walk the bridge of stop being dependent on these things that are external to us to break the links between ourselves and identifying Mm. with these relationships, with money, with power. And again, not to say that none of these things are important or needed, but your identity of them connected to you needs to be broken Mm. and taking that long walk back to the soul realizing that you are complete and everything that you give yourself everything that you need you can give to yourself Mm. and really filling yourself up and i think that's where the journey that we've been on like i have such a great relationship with my dad now because i'm no longer looking for acknowledgement from him and he still says things that would be oh you'd go oh that was a bit harsh but it doesn't touch me anymore because I'm not looking for. I don't. I don't have a. I don't have a gap there anymore. Or the gap's definitely a lot smaller. Yeah. Maybe it's closer to a ninety percent. Maybe I get nurtured at about a ninety percent. And maybe during my life I tinker and I and that that balance. I'm always trying to find a perfect balance. And maybe we'll never find a perfect balance. Maybe yeah. maybe hundred percent is never attainable. The duality is that. Yeah. Maybe the duality is what makes life life. But I'm but I'm much better at being closer to into the nineties. So I'm not thrown as much anymore. Yeah. I'm not. Um. I don't collapse. You know, I don't lose days over it. I I might lose a moment. Mm. I might lose an hour, but I'm not losing, um, you know, weeks and I'm not making drastic decisions about my life based on on those things. So I think it's about how can I fill these wounds myself without needing to be attached to anybody else. And that's, I think that's a process. So good. Oh my goodness. Longest (laughs) podcast ever. (laughs) I thank you so much for being here, Mr. Kramer Hamish. I love you, thank honey. You for having me. So so good. Also, I want to shout out my my husband has an amazing free free meditation mini course. I'm gonna pop it in the show notes if you are interested. If you struggle with meditation, if you've tried it and you can't get it, he is he just explains it so well and so simple. Um, and you can grab that. I'll pop the link in the show notes. You can also get it on Instagram. His Instagram is at manfulnessmen. 
and all that details will be in the show notes and if you have any men in your life that you want to share this podcast with or share his work with make sure you send them over to the manfulness podcast because he talks about all of this kind of stuff there it's really interesting all of my female clients follow you babe and they listen (laughs) to try to get the man talk and understand your language but this is, I mean, this is a high-level concept. There's a lot. There's so much in there that Hamish is still developing and we're still working with with our clients. But if you resonate, if you love today's podcast, please, please, please tag us. Let us know what you got from this. It's a big one. And the idea and the key here is to fill yourself, to validate yourself, to love yourself, to be enough for yourself, because that's all we can really and truly, truly control and work with. And I use control lightly. You know what I mean? manage manage for you so thank you again we love you have a beautiful week thank you guys my darling we are in wild times right now and in order for you to manage your mind and boost your immunity and be level-headed instead of panic i want to invite you to consider online training to consider joining a community a sistership where you are going to be held where you're going to be supported where you have a safe space to unravel and with all this time at home you can actually better your life and work on yourself good news as well i have now done a 12-month payment plan for the online sisterhood so many women right now are experiencing trouble with their finances losing their jobs being single mothers not knowing when their next money or paycheck is going to come from and we are navigating that with our current sisterhood members we are working with every woman that we can in order to support them in these tough times and i hear you out there saying i'd love to join the sisterhood but i can't afford it i can't afford six payments So what I've done is made it a year-long program. It's a year-long program with a year-long payment plan. I really, really want you to consider if this is the time for you to join the sisterhood and work on yourself. It is available to you now. Let's do the damn thing. Thank you so much for listening. I so appreciate your ears, your time, your energy, and your attention. Please do me a favor and head over to Apple iTunes, subscribe so that you don't miss an episode, share this episode with a sister who you know needs to hear it, and if you feel called to, leave me a review. I'd love to know what you think about the podcast. I'd love to know how this information is helping you change your world. Thank you so much for being here. I know that there are many podcasts you could listen to, and I really appreciate you listening to mine. Have a gorgeous week, honey.